Welcome back to another episode of The Gorillas of Sacramento. My name is Trevor Harris, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me again. Today we have a uh, special guest of, uh, and a, a good friend of mine named uh, Zach Hubbard. He is a filmmaker, a dancer. Without any further ado, let me introduce Zach Hubbard. Go ahead and uh, let him know who you are. Hello, everyone. My name is Zach. I live in Sacramento, and I like making dance videos and music videos in my specialty, but I'm also a licensed drone operator, like flying drones and doing lighting for short films and being a videographer and whatnot. Uh, my, my handle on Instagram is psychomelody, C-Y-K-O, for the psycho part. Go follow me. <laughs> yeah, no, please, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty, it, you, you put out really cool, interesting content. All the time. I'm not just blowing smoke. I definitely love watching your videos pop up. I think there's like something really neat because usually, like on this pod, we've been talking about narrative filmmaking, and I, that's that's such a small part of putting something inside of a camera. To me, you know, there's there, there's just an infinite possibilities when it comes to storytelling or personal expression. I think it's really cool what you do, and what 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 made you decide? What got you from, you know, Zach to Zach the dancer to Zach the dancing filmmaker? Mm, that's a good one good journey um i've always like had a camera in my hand like as a kid i was just so fascinated by you know what a camera can do and i remember my mom borrowed like a friend's camcorder and i was just like making stories with my toys and whatnot and it was just so addicting and then later on when i found dancing specifically uh melbourne shuffle um I started just like, you know, getting my friends into it and we would just make dance videos because, you know, that's what I saw on the internet and I got really obsessed with that. And it just, you know, kept going. Eventually as my friends fell off the wagon. But, you know, for me, it's like dancing from then on was just like the ultimate expression for music in my part because I love music and it's what keeps me sane most of the days. Um and I, I never really took up like instruments. I didn't have like the discipline, but like moving my body was always like something I was into. I was into sports and whatnot. Um, eventually, like uh, I started, you know, getting a little bit more sophisticated in like my filmmaking. And, uh, you know, I got tired of just like setting up a camera on a tripod. And it's like, how can I like have movement with the camera? Because I think dance and movement with the camera is just like goes hand in hand. Uh, eventually, um, I started, um, like wanting to just like branch out on just like what a dance video is and try to actually incorporate like a story into it. And that's kind of where I am now, where I'm just like trying to blend, like how much story can I put in the dance video before it becomes not a dance video. And there's like a happy medium between the two. So it's um, in a way, are you, are you trying to find a way to sort of, uh, reverse engineer the musical in a way i mean is that that it's that when, when i hear you say that i'm you know incorporating a narrative structure into you know into this into dance it's like taking the the music musical part out but we're not taking no, but replacing it with with movement using movement as a means to express and tell the story instead of movement with lyrics is that i suppose so i i guess like a musical is probably a good happy medium between like story and dance actually never really thought of that actually seems blatantly obvious in that regard <laughs> no it's not funny how this stuff works like that you're like oh yeah <laughs> and think about it like that 
But I think it's it's really so you just got back from Seattle and you kind of did sort of a marathon shoot in Seattle where you were bouncing all over the city and you know I looked like you were working with quite a few people and you know just a a, a large collective of people and some really interesting editing work in there and stuff and take us through just a little bit like how that all comes together when you go up to shoot something like what goes into the prep and the locations like do you scout these locations or how do you how do you go about doing it to to you know you you said it yourself you got tired of putting it on a tripod and you wanted to find a way to make it more compelling do you think like you know outside of the other million questions i just asked you like do you think that you got a lot out of doing that though cuz it seemed like you really went hard in seattle yeah it it was mainly um the producer who's also my friend and director and who also stars in all of it, she's pretty amazing. My friend Cisco, uh, she goes by Cisco.psd on Instagram if you want to follow her. She um, she was pretty much the mastermind in everything. I pretty much had to show up with my camera and uh, just look at the choreography and figure out like what you know I needed to like what angles I needed to hit. Um, she's a good friend of mine who also does shuffling as well and we connected on reddit uh during the pandemic where she picked up shuffling during the pandemic and she was like looking for like people who have been shuffling for a long time and just like wanting to learn history of it can you give us a little history of the shuffle just so the the listeners know when we talk about the melbourne shuffle what the, what that means so the melbourne shuffle originated in australia in the 90s and it's a club slash rave culture kind of dance. And interestingly, interestingly enough, it uh, came from ballet dancers um, who, you know, during the day they would practice ballet and at night to blow off like steam, they would go to the club and they kind of invented this kind of shuffle move, um, which eventually learns uh moves into Melbourne shuffling, which is like kind of like the fifth or fourth iteration of like what shuffling is. But it, it goes way back and it has like a really deep history of it. And I saw it in 08, 07, when kind of like a big boom happens around that time. A lot more people were aware of it. And then LMFAO kind of like made it a lot more mainstream. And like the Americas and the States. And now we have kind of, uh, this, uh, meshing of two different dances, cutting shapes and shuffling together. Now there's like a hybrid shuffler. Anyways, that's getting too much into the weeds of it. <laughs> Anyways, Cisco, uh, me and her like collaborated on a video that I had an idea for in two, uh, 2021. And that was like the biggest, like ambitious dance project that I had made thus far, like actually putting money into a video like I was there for three weeks, but we only filmed it like uh, on one day for like four hours. And it was like a thousand dollars for like renting lighting and studio. But the total cost of me going there and meeting her and planning it out, that was like three thousand dollars. And just like, you know, food costs and Airbnb. Yeah, and of course. Yeah, surviving. <laughs> yeah. And it, it formed a good relationship between me and her. And she's had flown me out once before for another film project uh mainly to help her class um like get footage for her classes because she teaches there and she's built up a really good community for herself and like her students and, and whatnot 
And uh, this last iteration of me going out to Seattle, she had two major projects with her students and friends. Um, one of them just came out on Halloween. It's called Spellbound. It's a pretty sexy dance number. Where can you uh, Where can you find these? Are they on YouTube? Yeah, Spellbound is on her um, YouTube, Cisco Disco, C-I-S-C-O Disco. And it's also on her Instagram. And it's sitting at like, I think... Uh, four and a half thousand views, oh, shit, okay. which is like the highest view count of something I've made so far. That's really awesome. Like, yeah, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Do you, uh, do, do you have, uh, when you think narratively about film, do you, do you have any ideas that have like crossed your head? Like, you know, when you're sitting in the shower taking a poop and you're thinking ideas and <laughs> they come to you, do you, do you have, do you have one that you've been kicking around? Uh, oh, definitely. And my process, and I didn't really get some like my process on like when it comes to filming group projects yet in Seattle. But when I listen to a song, it's like the story just comes to my head just easily. I you know? so feel that. I oh god, I relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like I don't know if everyone has that in the sense where they do listen to a song and they just like visualize something that goes along with it even if it's like completely irrelevant to it i do it every time i do it every time i i yeah, yeah. i like i i listen to music based on where i'm at creatively and what i'm trying to create like i think every scene i've ever written i could attach a, a specific song to it and if i had all the money in the world i'd needle drop all over the place you know <laughs> right right i can't wait until ai were like what I visualize in my head can just manifest itself from when I listen to a song, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's kind of the, uh, you know, the creative burden for me is like, I listen to a song, I visualize in my head what that dance video would look like. And then it just lives in my head rent free until like I make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, uh, I, I get this sort of, uh, I feel that obsession. Like I've been listening to this song, uh, Sure As The Wind Will Blow. It's like this old corny ass Sanford Clark song, but like I've been writing something for a while and I just, every morning when I'm getting in my car and I'm coming to school or I'm going somewhere, I throw that song on just so I can keep it fresh. And it just keeps that inspiration going. Cause you know, like creating anything, whether it's a dance video or, you know, or a movie, Whatever that seed of that inspiration is, you just have to keep watering it or else maybe, I don't know if you can relate to this, but if you don't, you kind of move on, you, f you move on. And like, it, it's weird to come back once you moved on. So I just, this is balance between oversaturating myself with the inspiration from the music and like, <laughs> and, and, and not giving myself enough of a break where I back off from. Does, does that make sense? I don't know if you feel that or not, if this is me. Maybe, maybe not specifically to your, uh, to your creative burden, but I think it, it relates in some ways. I'll, I'll like get depressed in a way when I have an idea for a song that I just can't make, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah, I started thinking of something really small, and then next thing I know, I've got like, like, how do I do that without CGI? Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Go, go, go back, go back to the, go back to your alley and shut up. <laughs> so back to your uh, your other question about um, my Seattle projects. This was a really big. So I was there for ten days, and we filmed like eight out of the 10 days and two of them were major film projects. And I was absolutely, I'm still like, feel like I'm recovering from that trip. And that was like a month ago. 
Um, so this was like my first like choreography, like a uh, dance number. And so the process I had, and I only had like limited amount of time of like working on this. Um, I had to like see the choreography, had to see the spot we were filming, uh, but they weren't at the same time. So I saw the choreography like when they're in their practice session in the studio, and then we went to the location separately. So I had to like visualize like how much space they would need and everything. And like once we had everything like planned out, like getting there, I would like tape out like how far they should go as far as like the the from the camera of the frame frame of the camera i said that backwards um and then i just had to kind of improvise uh what angles i felt were best and so all said and done since i only had one camera um they did like the whole choreography like 11 times and most of it was just like them like just in the wide like just static shot of just like them in the wide and then i would like think in my head of like what moves were best at what angle so like i can have different cuts i would do like a 45 degree on i would do like a very low one so like when they do a certain move and i can cut to a different shot uh that move is like had more emphasis on it and one of them i actually incorporated my drone into it which was pretty nice so uh i haven't worked on it yet but i'm planning to release it like on new year's so i'm oh, excited for that rad rad the uh so that was your first time doing like a uh, expansive choreography, like with a, as far as like filming it, yes. Yeah, that's really neat. When you were um, when you were planning it, was like how much how much prep? You said you didn't have very much time, but like when you when you're getting ready to do something like that, I mean, and I and it sounds like it was exhausting. That all by, by the way, when we talk, everybody we've had on here, or we've I've I've had a, the the three people that we've talked to. It's so common how exhausting this is. It's just, it's so funny. Like any of this stuff is just, it will drain you and it'll drain you for a long time. It's like a vampire. <laughs> yes. It, yes. It, it comes for your passion and it claps its teeth down on your neck and it sucks you till you're dry. <laughs> and, and you're like, that was, that was great because it kind of works. Like vampire is super seductive and so is making all this shit. And then the next thing you know, you got nothing in the tank. I was laid up for a week after the last thing we did, two weeks two weeks but um i can only imagine i mean how you were how long you said you were in seattle for three weeks right that's how long you were there no uh that was uh the first time i was there oh, okay. for my first dance number i was only there for 10 days on this one yeah oh, wow yeah it's still it's still a lot to get to get a project that big really awesome gaffer with great equipment your varipole is great and the varipole is just this sort of tension rod you put on the, <laughs> on the ceiling it's it'd be really boring to the to, to the average person but to me it's it's so exciting but uh what do you, what do you, what do you, uh, what does it do for you, I, I guess, to be on these, these sets? Like this weekend, we're going to be shooting something on Saturday. And like, you know, like what, like, I know like the social component for sure, but just like, what, how would you describe the value? It, um, man, uh, working on film sets, you know, I, I have to say, like, I did learn a lot going to film school at ARC. Uh, but there's only so much like you can really do in just like analyzing film. Like being on set is so different, and uh, I felt like being on set for the first time. Like I learned more than I did in like an entire year of like doing film studies. It really is trial and, by uh, fire. 
it, it's just something about like the the collaboration everyone's like taking their time out of their day to like work on this one goal and i just feel at home when i'm on set everyone just has like their job everyone's like helping each other just bullshitting you know chatting and then just like then we're all just like focused like when you know action's called and doing our thing I think that I think it's like the uh, anyone can do one facet of making a movie, right? Like like you know somebody and making movies allows you to find your your niche or what you know what turns you on. I mean, somebody might be you know you know masochistic and want to be a director. Somebody you know maybe like (laughs) I think I'm going to hold this this boom mic. And, you know, really get into sound. And we were going to have an episode with somebody who specializes in sound. And But, like, for you with lighting, and I mean, and we just had Dan Acosta, the makeup artist, on. And it's in every piece of that puzzle is so integral to all of it. You know, it's you're creating, you create this house of cards. Like, a movie is like a house of cards. And you, like, and I, the, con, like, lighting theory is really complicated to me. I, I, I look at it, it drives me crazy. And to, to somebody like you who's, you know, found a way to, to really, you know, learn how to do it and apply it and be there with that, with minimal direction is just an insane asset. And for anybody out there that's like thinking about making a movie or getting into filmmaking, there are so many ins. Like me as a director, if I found out that you were really good at color correcting, you'd be my best friend today. Like if you, if I found out you were really good at editing and I would take the burden of editing off of me, if I found out you were like with Zach, like, you know, just so valuable. And I think like we all have internal value. Everybody should feel valuable within themselves and the world that they live in. Filmmaking, if you, if you feel like you need to have that be an extrinsic thing, something where you, you, you want to show somebody your value. Filmmaking is a great way to do it because there's so many places where you can show your value because what you know, especially at this low level, we're talking like gorillas, the Sacramento level, essentially garage bands of filmmaking. If you can bring something to the table, like you know how to do a lighting set, a three point lighting setup, and you can look at a space and know how to get it done and like analyze what you're looking at and know, you know, just the, the intricacies that Zach, you know, your value is like immediately exploited to the everybody. And it's something that gets to get showcased. And when, once it's once it's put into the camera, it's forever once it's released. And like that to me, that's like the beautiful thing about this because like it's like a band, but a film doesn't have just like five members. You can have an orchestra of people to three people working on a movie, and everybody's value is demonstrated in in the you know in the, in the effort. And I think like that's like a big thing for me, and like why I think it's really important to showcase you know what you do, and especially with dance, like we talk about. It's always been about, you know, what's your story? What story you're telling? And I know that you're working to, to, to turn this into a narrative thing. I think that's a really amazing idea. But the, the idea that your passion, you've had, you were born with a camera in your hand, you found solace and mental healing and help through dance and have been able to merge the two, and it's only broadened your network. It's only broadened your knowledge. I mean, that, that's, that's, to me, that's the lesson. To me, that's what matters. And I think like that's the that's the purpose of like why we're talking and why I'm doing this podcast is like, you know, there's there's always a way. <laughs> I guess. Damn man, you're gonna make me cry. No, I'm not trying. I think to... that was very well said. I think that film is such an applied science, and it can be done. 
there's a lot of like do's and don'ts, but as far as like starting out, like just doing it is enough and just learning is is so fun and addicting as far as just like what can you do with a camera and what can't you do and like you know everything every element within film lighting editing color correcting camera work like it's easy to do but hard to master like everyone has a camera in their hand everyone has lighting in their house you know but just like getting a specific look right is so tough right and to show the mastery of it is just like beautiful. And it's just like, you know, maybe I look at something and I think it's perfect and the director think it's not perfect. And just that, you know, difference is so crazy to me, you know? It's, and I think it was that line in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that just like stuck with me uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio was like talking with the little girl in between scenes. And she says like, perfection is not achievable, but it's the pursuit that makes it worthwhile. Totally. And yeah. I've just been like carrying that inside me. And like, since I heard that line, I fucking love that movie. It's so I, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, as like, I think the beautiful thing, I mean, we're a little older, you know, compared to most people that might listen to this. And, uh, um, it gets harder to make friends when you get older. It's, it, it, Things get more complicated. You get more complicated as a person, and that there are a lot of barriers that start to form. And I've made more friends making movies in the pursuit of a common goal. You know, this sort of self-driven. We're gonna just, you know, one person's got an idea, and everybody hops on board just for the sake of just taking the opportunity to just go play. And I think. That that that's the that's the cool thing. I mean, I've made more friends in the last year, like new friends in the last year, than I probably have in ten. I mean, I I just you know, and it, and it's because you common interests become a more become more scarce. They just become more scarce the older you get, and filmmaking is just so collaborative in its nature that you just you find you find people and you find connection and you the barriers and social constructs and all that shit falls off the off the ship that you've been sailing on your whole life to film a dance video to film a guy get killed with a blender to film you know somebody getting fired from his job or in a coffee shop like all that stuff it doesn't even matter sometimes it doesn't matter what the story is about you may not be totally on board but you're there to make it look good you're there to make it you know lit well Austin, uh, you know, Ale's there to just put the, you know, the sound where it needs to go. And you just, by the, by the time it's over, everybody's just shaking each other's hands and you're almost like a family at the end of the whole thing. I, I think I heard somebody describe it or working on a shoot. They said, it's like being at summer camp. And then when it ends, you go back to your normal life and, you know, it's depressing. <laughs> so the only, the, the only cure to that is to just keep making. Don't ever stop making. If it's something you want to do, you know, just like just like Zach just said, everyone's got a camera in their hand. Everyone's got lighting in their house. You just you gotta you just have to have something you want to show the world. And if they don't like it, I get I I live by this motto: every movie ever made is somebody's least and most favorite. And so, like, <laughs> you know, make it. Someone out there will like it. It will connect with somebody. I don't know. That's I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, man. Well, I really want to thank you for coming onto the show. And it was really, you know, it's just really 
really important to get other perspectives on the medium so people are like, well, I'm not really that great of a writer. Oh, thank you, dude. I very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you for letting me come on and yeah. talk my piece. Of course, uh, of course. And hopefully the... maybe someone can see my stuff and connect as well on stuff I make. <laughs> totally, yeah. And that, that that's Psycho Melody, C-Y-K-O. C-Y-K-O, yes. <laughs> and I'm tired. C-Y-K-O-M-E-L-O-D-Y. <laughs> Um, on Instagram and um, Zach Hubbard, you are a gentleman and a scholar, and I thank you very much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to see you this weekend when I get to get stabbed. You get to light my stab wound. I can't wait. I'm going to do some nice dramatic lighting for that one. On that note, everybody, I want to thank you for coming to another episode of The Gorillas of Sacramento. It has been a pleasure to talk to you, Zach, and it has been a pleasure to give you guys something to listen to and hopefully give you some perspective. I'm Trevor, and uh, y'all just take it easy. Uh-huh.